everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Ashlyn Phelps, the communications coordinator at High Point Church. Last Sunday, Pastor Lloyd Biddle preached on the second chapter of the book 1 Thessalonians, and we got a lot of questions for the Ask Me Anything time at the end of the service. In this episode, Lloyd and Nicole are going to finish talking through the questions about the sermon and a few other unrelated ones as well. As always, if you have any questions from listening to this episode, email us at podcast at highpointchurch.org. We'll be having another AMA time with Lloyd this Sunday at 9 a.m. as he finishes up chapter two of 1 Thessalonians, and we'd love to have you join us at highpointchurch.org slash live. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, my name is Nicole Kyle. I am uh, the worship director. I coordinate the women's ministry. I'm here with Lloyd Biddle. Lloyd, say hi. Hello everyone. It's good to be with you this uh, afternoon. Is yeah. it afternoon yet? <laughs> I'm getting uh, not close. quite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Lloyd and I, we were at the church this morning for the service mm-hmm. on on Sunday, May seventeenth, and we are wow. um, now we're following up and recording the Ask Me Anything episode. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the questions that we didn't get to answer during the service. So, <clears throat> Lloyd, um, before we do that, I thought that it would be helpful to do a. Um, just a refresher of the passage that you preached through. So I'm just going to read, do you want me to read one through 12? That's what you read, right? Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. Okay. All right. So we've been in, um, we've been in a series on first Thessalonians. Pastor Nick preached through the first chapter, um, for three weeks. And now Lloyd is working on chapter two verses one through 12. And so we'll have two sermons in that, but, We did one today. So without further ado, I will read the passage. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please God please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know, we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order to not be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Mm. All right. Yeah. That is a, a passage that just calls you to a super high standard. It's yeah. really serious what God is asking of Christians. It's, it's not being sugarcoated at all yeah. in terms of what God ex- expects of us, given what he has given us in Christ Jesus, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's sometimes these sorts of I enjoy hearing pass or hearing the sermons on these sorts of passages mm-hmm. because 
it is really clear what Paul's saying in this letter. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but it's helpful when you or Nick get to mm-hmm. spend a good amount of time just really searching through, okay, what's as a pastor, what mm-hmm. is it that you want to preach to your congregation from this text right now? And yes. so I, I appreciate that. So uh, we had a few questions that were specifically related to your sermon. And um, mm-hmm. so let's get to those. Mm-hmm. Um, the first passage that, or the first question is about verse seven. It says, can you mm-hmm. elaborate on what it means in verse seven that the apostles were like young children? Yeah, the, it, this word, this Greek word is the same word uh, that uh, Paul uses in Second Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 24, where there is, is translated, be kind among the people. So mm-hmm. I think this is a better translation would be to be gentle, that we were gentle among you. Mm-hmm. And so the, the what, what Paul is trying to say here is that we weren't harsh. We weren't um, heavy handed. Uh, we we knew that you were new in the faith and we, we, we tra- taught you like tender souls like a mom who treats a newborn, not like uh, how I might talk to a 30-year-old son who who needs a a different kind of encouragement. So kindness, gentleness is really a better, uh, I think, um, explanation of what we want here. It is is interesting because um, in this passage, he says, we were like young children among you. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, he said he they, he compares Just as a nursing them mom. to a mother. Um, yeah. And then later he says, we dealt with you as a father. Yes. So the family is a really clear metaphor here that how we t- are to make disciples is that we're to love people like family. I mean, that's, that's a high calling. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nicole, think about how you love your son. Think about yeah. how you love your husband. Think about how you love your father. What Jesus is telling us is that's the way you need to reach out to non-Christians and babes in Christ, new Christians. It's that same kind of love that you need to exude. And that is high calling. Yeah. That's unnatural. Yeah. That takes Jesus in order to, to treat people that aren't our blood relatives as if they are right yeah 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 i think um i've heard i've read a good bit of literature about the adoption community particularly because that's something that a path that my husband and i have pursued and Mm -hmm. um but there's a there's a good bit of discussion about like is that even possible i mean there's some there are some <laughs> people who think like nope it's just it's not naturalistic people who really would are more scientific in their like their um what motivates them to make decisions and they're like no right. you, that's not natural that's not in line with like doing the the survival of the fittest way of thinking right. like you just care for your young and it's not possible to love someone who's not your blood right. the way that you would love someone yeah. who is your, your kin in by blood and and the you know i think we see in a lot of scripture in christianity mm-hmm. and I, i'm i don't mean to say that christians are the only people who can and do love others as though they're family, but we do right. see a lot of ways that we are to relate to one another as family and that we do believe it's possible to do that. 
Yeah. And I know you've seen this amongst uh, parents who've adopted children that and um, my my wife, her dad uh, adopted her. And I can tell you, I saw it myself. Her father, there was no difference in how he treated Debbie than Karen. And he loved and encouraged and supported and exhorted, uh, sacrificed in the same yeah. way. So I know it's possible. And yeah. and we we know it's possible when we think about the saints. Um, almost all of us can point to at least a handful of folks yeah. that we love. The truth be told, we love them more than some of our relatives. Sure. And it's because of what God has done in them and, yeah. and how we're attracted to that, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's shift to the next question. Mm-hmm. We, You talked a bit about um, this was a similar section of the passage where you were mm-hmm. talking about sh- um, shepherding. Yes. And you talked about um, shepherding lovingly and with self-sacrifice. This question says, what are your thoughts about balancing self-sacrifice mm. with self-care? Yes, this is a really good question. Most of us err on taking care of ourselves more than sacrificing. It's natural for us to take care of ourselves. It's supernatural to take care of others first. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would say that um, that most of us need to uh, consider especially when it comes to people outside of their family, whether they are living self-sacrificially like Jesus hmm. does, like he does towards us, like he did uh, during his earthly ministry. Um, so, I mean, that's not to say that a person can't overdo it, but I would say in my pastoral experience, that's not as big a problem Mm-hmm. Um, it's that we have so much in our country. We're so blessed that because we have so much, the tendency is to be trying to, to take care of stuff. Uh, Nicole, I'm, I'm, I'm moving my house mm-hmm. and I, I uh, got a dumpster that could carry six tons. Uh, and I don't have that big of a house. Well, uh, from a world perspective, it is actually yeah. kind of a 2,400 square feet, but from, human perspective you know what i mean so anyway i put i filled that dumpster with over (laughs) full five tons of garbage and i as i went through that exercise i said what am i doing with all this stuff Hmm. and how is it uh, making me spend time taking care of it versus investing in people yeah so i think I'm like most folks that the temptation is t- more towards self-preservation than actually investing in others. Um, yeah. And if, but here's the thing you should do. Um, if you feel like you're running up against that, you should go to your best friends and you, you should ask their opinion. Um, and then a- ask your pastor. And I think they they can give you some confirmation and additional perspective. Mm-hmm. Nicole, yeah, what do you think about that in terms of giving too much versus yeah, I mean ba- balance. 
Right. I think Jesus is a, a helpful example because it's not like he never took care of himself. That's right. Like he 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 took time away, especially mm-hmm. after he did ministry and before he did ministry to be alone. Yeah. And I think some of those times, I, I mean, just knowing the nature of humanity, even from mm. just a, a purely physical perspective, it takes a lot out of you. Like, I don't know about you, Lloyd, but on a yeah. Sunday... A Sunday where I don't get to take a nap after church <laughs> isn't a great Sunday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yes. it just it takes a lot out of you to serve other people. Yes. And to do ministry. Yes. And so even even just from a physical perspective. And I know too from when Scott and I were um living with Nick and Alexi for a season of time. Yeah. It was the same thing with Nick. He would come home and he would fall asleep wherever he was that afternoon. Mm. Like just yes. uh, in, because it's so, so I think we see examples of we should rest, we should take care mm-hmm. of ourselves. I mean, Nick and Jill did a really good episode about how to take care of ourselves in the midst of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so, so I don't think, and I don't think you were saying mm-hmm. that we shouldn't do those things. No, nope, not at all. We see Jesus exemplify that as well, but we also see the, the fullest extent of self sacrifice in him. Yes. And, and then when, and when we look at a passage like, Man, when we see Paul on the mission field, mm-hmm. and oh, we yeah. see how the how the gospel was was brought to humanity and the the, the arduous work that it took, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that they didn't rest and take a break, but man, these were hard working disciples, men and women, that right. brought the faith to us, and so I yeah. think that that's something for us just to keep to keep in mind. Yeah, because yeah. I think. I mean, you'll talk. I'm, you'll mm-hmm. preach more about this text mm-hmm. later, but it, it talks about the toil and the hardship that yeah. they endured, and yeah. um, and it, I mean, you and Nick have already shared about some of the context of this of what they were experiencing. Yeah. But I I I don't know it. I don't know who wrote this question. I don't know what you know demographic they're from. But there is a. It seems like there is a growing movement in at least the millennial generation. Okay. Of which I am a part. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that. That is all about self care, mm. and it's all and and I I think some of this has stemmed from the um, the growing awareness of mental health, mm. and I and I think that's a good thing, mm-hmm. um, and I think it has also stemmed in part from a growing awareness of t- caring for our bodies holistically, under understanding that we are embodied souls, that mm-hmm. what we do physically impacts our spirituality and mm-hmm. impacts our um our um, mental and emotional health so like i don't mm-hmm. think that those are bad things i've right. myself been to counseling i am an advocate for it um mm-hmm. and i can tell the difference when i you know like eat yes. a ton of junk yeah. food in a day yeah. versus eat something healthy yes. however i think that like many things you can get carried away with it and i think personally my my personal opinion is that the the self-care movement is not doesn't have enough um, accountability to it and mm-hmm. doesn't have a and and I think that you can get caught in just indulging in yourself and not not really being willing to embrace hard work under the guise of well that's not good for myself or that's not taking care of myself or like yeah. I'm not gonna c- continue this relationship because it's not good for my personal well-being <laughs> and I and I'm not gonna have the hard conversation because this relationship is toxic or something like that. And, right, right. And so um, I think Man, there's a lot to... of factors, isn't yeah. there? There's a lot of things to to consider. And 
I mean, that's why I really like having the Bible as an objective standard to mm-hmm. re- and and other Christians. Two things: the Scripture as a guide, and then other Christians to talk. Oh, hey, how how are you handling these these mm-hmm. increased demands yeah. of people grasping? And pastors are always talking to each other about man. How how do you how are you setting boundaries, and when right. do you say no? In, in totally. order to have rest, so so that you can. Serve right. people, right? Right. I mean, you and I just talked this morning after the AMA was done. You said, how are you doing? And I said, I need <laughs> yeah, a break. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, so, and, and I can understand that. And be, because, you know, I, I do pastoral ministry like you do, shepherding ministry like you, you lead the, the flock musically. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand. Yeah. I understand. It takes a lot of energy week after week to, to pour yeah. out. Um in music and in song, uh, to do it well, to do with all your heart. It's not Mm -hmm. easy work. It takes everything. It takes, it takes your soul and your body and your mind. Mm -hmm. And that can be tiresome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think your, your encouragement to balance and to finding, you know, people who can be actually be honest with you. That's really good. All right. This is the, the last question related to the passage and the sermon. This says, Paul said that they worked while sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Was, was sharing the gospel the work that he referred to, or mm-hmm. did they have other jobs apart from sharing the gospel? Yeah. Let's take a look at that passage, if I can find it r- real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. Verse 9, he says, uh, Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone. While we preach the gospel of God to you. In other words, he's saying, so that we didn't have to take an offering in order to meet our own expenses, we worked for money to, to, mm-hmm. to support ourselves so mm-hmm. that we could preach to you without charge. And uh, I think that's one of the things that was so endearing to them, where they saw how hard they worked and how much they invested in, in preaching. And they were like, these guys are serious about this message. Mm-hmm. They'll do it for free, right? Mm-hmm. And talk about inspiration. Yeah. So so the, the work was, as you just talked about, preaching the gospel is work. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, the, it wasn't the paid work in this context. The paid yeah. work was, you know, Paul, we know, was a tent maker by trade. Uh, who knows what, it doesn't say specifically what work they did here, but they did something for money. Yeah. Great. To take care of their own expenses. All right. So we've got two questions left. These are okay. unrelated to the passage. Okay. So let's start with the first one. Lloyd, how do you counsel someone who is baptized as an infant? Mm-hmm. How do you counsel them about getting baptized again? Mm. Usually I tell them my testimony. I, I was uh, I was raised as a Catholic. And so my mom, who herself was a Baptist, yeah had all of her children baptized as uh, Catholics because uh, where she was living, the nuns ministered to her hmm. and all of our, all of her children started in Catholic schools. So, uh, so I was baptized as an infant. Uh, the, the problem was, and I, I went to church regularly uh, from as young to all the way to 18 before I went to college. Problem was I didn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. So in my in my own context, uh, I actually came to uh, understand the faith, saving faith later after college, and I recognized that the, that baptism intended 
something. It, 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 it wasn't the kind of baptism we see modeled in the scripture where people believe and then get baptized. We, we see that in the book of Acts and pretty much moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, so I talked to them about the nature of their own uh, baptism. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about the evidence for some folks. They, they, they did, they uh, were in a reformed tradition. They were baptized as an infant. They, uh, they did uh, confirm their faith at 12 or 13. And, and so, and, and they're very hesitant to ba- be baptized again, another baptism given the heritage. And I, I, I think I understand it and I'm sympathetic to it. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the elders for people like that, we do talk about that and we do take that into consideration. But, uh, but that, but that's the way that I, that I counsel them. I, it, mm-hmm. Was it, was it, how significant was that? Was it your parents just throwing some water on you? And if, if that was the case, then I would say to them, and it wasn't really confirmed in, by any real confession of faith on my own part, then I would say that you, you should, you should actually be baptized upon your own profession of faith. That's my particular belief based upon the scripture that I have read. Mm-hmm. But I understand there's other legitimate positions and the elder board does take those things up and considers mm-hmm. them in terms of people who want to be members at our, at our church. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. look at that. Yeah. All right. This last question says, what is your opinion on praying to receive Christ? Is it biblical? Yeah. That's it, an excellent question. I, just off the top of my head, I, I can't, I can't think of one example of where the, one of the uh, apostles or prophets is saying, "Or hey, let's now let let let's let's pray," and and then you. But but what you see, what you do here though, is that you have to confess the Lord with your mouth and believe Him in your heart. Mm-hmm. So the the prayer is just a mechanism mm-hmm. to confess Jesus. Um, with your mouth and believe on him in your heart. That's that's all. But it mm-hmm. is not a prescription. You can just confess him. You can just mm-hmm. hear the gospel and you can just tell, you can just say, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe God is true. Lord Jesus, c- come into my life via your spirit. Enable me, empower me to live for you. I mean, you don't, so, so but no, it's not there's like, nothing magical about the prayer per se. Yeah, I think... I mean, so I I went in college. I was a part of crew as mm-hmm. a ministry, which is all about praying to receive Christ, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then worked on staff with that ministry. And yeah. a couple of thoughts. I mean, kind of in both directions. Mm-hmm. One, you you said just now. I mean, you can just confess it, and you kind of express some things. And I would be. Like, I mean, I think what you just did was a model a prayer. <laughs> praying kind of interesting isn't it yeah Asking praying is to do what he promised he would do right yeah, yeah yeah and so if prayer is our ongoing communication with god mm. then if we are asking him and communicating with him to forgive us yeah it is praying now yeah. now on the other hand though i think I also think, mm-hmm. like you said, it's not like the words are this magical voodoo that gets you saved. Like it's right. it's similarly to baptism, 
if we're praying out loud, it is mm-hmm. an expression of what we believe in our hearts. Mm. And so if we if we say repeat some words like a incantation, but don't actually believe it, mm. that's not salvific faith because we yes. don't believe it. I have amen. So, so the prayer is a method by which you can accept and confess your faith with your mouth and ask God to do what he promises in scripture, which is to convert you from mm-hmm. um, being a non-Christian to a Christian, uh, giving you the power to live an, a new life and uh, enter you ultimately into eternal life after an abundant life of service and love uh, here. Yeah. 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 Well, Lloyd, thanks for um, for doing this episode. Thank you to those who had questions and wrote your questions. And um, yeah, we are we are anxious to, in the right way, figure out what the next steps are. And I am grateful for you and the elders who are going to sort yeah. through that yes. on behalf of the church and. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see you again next week. Absolutely. And Nicole, great serving with you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.